Hello and welcome to Don't Tell Me What to Do, the astrology podcast. I'm Lisa Kiss, your host, and I'm also an astrologer, teacher, and conscious business guide. This podcast is named after one of my favorite sayings and expressions to live your life. We're all here to experience life in our own unique ways. So keep listening to explore different views of living life through astrology, business, and personal development as we go through the Zodiac seasons together and with our guests. So thank you so much for being here. Molly, did you want to introduce yourself to everyone before we get into all of the fun human design stuff? Yeah, sure. So my name's Molly Zeraldo. I am Canadian from near Toronto, um, and I'm a human design reader. And that's how I originally connected with you, Lisa. But yeah, currently I live in Florence, Italy. I left Canada in May and kind of went on this weird adventure throughout Europe, but ended up here. And yeah, I'm a human design reader kind of for the most part right now, but my journey started into that through coaching. Um, I was specialized more within working with clients, working with them on um, healing from an eating disorder. So that was kind of like my niche within the coaching space because I had previously struggled with my own. And I took a human design reader course to kind of help me help my clients. I just wanted to better understand them. I was interested to see if there was like a correlation between body image issues, eating issues, and a human design chart. And what that led to was just more and more people coming to me with human design and referrals kind of spun off of that. And I enjoyed it a little bit more. It was a little bit more broad. It gave me an opportunity to speak with more people on a multitude of different topics. And so that's primarily what I do now. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I did a reading with you and every I'm going to link in the show notes where people can book a reading with you. But um, I got so much in my reading. All I knew was that I was a projector um, and like three, five projector. But um, there's all these different lines and gates and channels, which have, I feel like so much wisdom in them that we can really like learn from and then better work with our own energy. Hmm. Yeah, for me, like what attracted me to human design in the first place was just a little bit more of like a physicality behind it. Like I had done my yoga teacher training and Reiki and I, there was something to be said about the chakras and, you know, the energy with that we have and how we exchange it with other people and human design can speak to the ways in which we might be more sensitive, where we might be taking on people's energies and, you know, once you know about that, it can be great to be like, oh, well, I'm sensitive. What can I do? But also kind of working with people, like how do we protect ourselves from, from that and, and move forward from it? Yeah. Okay. So before we get into, cause I, I'm probably gonna have lots of questions as you talk and explain. Yes. And I, I have your chart. Um, I downloaded it before we, we got, we got on this call as well. Okay. So, but first we're going to do like the astrology intro, which, um, I do with everybody so you are just confirm it's like May it's May 4th right yes May okay. 4th. okay so you're a Taurus I can share my screen do you want to see it or no yeah yeah I would love to no one else will see it but you can see it okay can you see that yeah okay 
So you are a Taurus sun, Scorpio moon, Leo rising. So uh, you were born on a full moon because you have the sun and moon are opposite. So whenever someone is born on that, like that opposing line of energy, it usually just means there's like a lot of energy that has to be expressed. I don't know if you've ever felt like you have like a very big, like a bigger personality or just lots of just ongoing energy that you need to like let out. Um, yeah, I think I repress a lot of it, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, or suppress, I should say. Yeah, yeah. But I need um, to embrace my Leo-ness because yeah 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 so leo rising i mean um i know a few people who have this and it's like i don't know if you're you resonate with all the things that you see about leo when it comes to like attention or being in the spotlight um but sometimes i find that leo rising it can go one of two ways it's like you're very shy or you're just like very expressive but it's almost like you have to feel like comfortable with people before you can express yourself but do you find yourself like that you're like a shyer Leo rising or like you're yeah, very, very, very much so. Yeah. I, I think I appear to be a little bit more outward facing than I am, but it's extremely uncomfortable for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you have, it doesn't show like the red, like it doesn't show the aspects to the, like your rising sign here, the ascendant, but um, you have like the sun up here, the red line opposing to the moon, and then they both square your Jupiter here in Aquarius. And then, but there'd also be a red line here squaring your Leo ascendant down to the moon here. And it's like at an exact degree, your ascendant squaring your moon. Um, so you, you have like this grand square, just picture like another, like two yeah. red lines here to make a square in fixed energy. So I don't know how well you relate to like fixed energy being more like stubborn or stuck in your ways or being consistent, having routines, been really being good with that follow through. Yes. The, the stubbornness. Yes. It's funny when you say the consistency piece, that's also um, kind of something I've explored more within human design and there's certain aspects that speak to that. And the consistency, yes, the follow through I find hard, but um, I find that the consistency piece is actually grounding in a way, but the stubbornness and set in my ways, 1000%. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I always thought that was just a quality of being a Taurus. It is. So Taurus is considered a fixed sign. So then Leo is a fixed sign. Your Scorpio moon's also fixed. And then this Aquarius, Jupiter and Aquarius is also fixed. So there's four, like it's the, one of the modalities. So you have like all of the fixed signs in your chart being like aspected. So, um, but with the Taurus, I feel like it is the bull. So if you think like feet are planted you're not moving like you're like stuck there in a sense and nothing will really like change your mind Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like this red triangle here it's like the first thing my eye went to and normally I say when you have like a t-square like that you look to the opposite of the point and it that's where you release it but technically your release point in leo is kind of like part of that square as well so you could try, I guess, any kind of Leo activity. So like stepping into creativity, anything you find fun or like allowing yourself to be seen in a way that might um, kind of break up any like 
tension. Like if you think of this um, red triangle as like the energy is bouncing and then it releases yeah. the other side. But you might okay. find it hard to do that because it's kind of part of it as well. So it's almost like bouncing. You have to like bounce to each point in the fixed energy and like kind of balance it in a way. And so if one is Leo, I understand that. And what was the third? What's like the third point of that triangle? Oh, Aquarius, Jupiter and Aquarius. And what, because I'm not that familiar with that because I, you know, I'll go into like, oh, I'm, I'm Scorpio, Leo, Taurus, but in terms of Aquarius, Mm -hmm. how does that play out in, in regards to that energy bouncing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, like the point of the t-square but jupiter and aquarius i have this as well um Mm. so it's every 12 years you get like a jupiter return so we would have just had our jupiter return last year and so jupiter is sort of like how you expand things that really bring you joy and give you energy so for you it's kind of like you get joy and just being outside of the box not following suit to what people are doing doing your own thing and not caring if it's like weird to you there yeah, that, that's me yeah <laughs> so okay. but it's conjunct your descendant line so like if this is you with your ascendant over here is like the people that you might gravitate towards and you're like one-to-one relationships so having jupiter there means you really expand through like one-to-one connections and just really building bonds with people right mm-hmm. this is so interesting okay yeah so i mean if you have like the point there. And if there's ever like a tension there, you just boom, you go back to the Leo energy in the first house, which is almost like the first house would be like, um, like you sort of like standing up for yourself and maybe not following what other people are doing. Any kind of um, seventh house placement, like compared to the first house, it's like me versus we. So for you, the hmm. points in like the me, like going back to what you would want to do. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then you did say, was it the follow through that you find hard sometimes? Yeah. Execution. Okay. So you have Mars and Gemini, which I think is very fun because I have Gemini energy and I sort of like the um, almost bounciness of it. So I don't know if you find that you um, can maybe see a bunch of different options and you might want to try them all out to see what fits best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so do you see these like green dotted lines? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so um, <clears throat> that's considered a yod. So it's like a very rare aspect in astrology. So it's like these two planets down here are forming this base to support that energy that it's pointing to. So it's almost like you have like a magic within trying out all these things and tapping into Mars and Gemini energy. And it's in the 10th house, which is your um, like house of career and your public image and what you do and like what you're known for. That's interesting because it, that would speak to, to bringing it back to the human design piece that speaks to manifesting generator energy, right? Because it's like, trying a lots of different things within your career and and what you end up doing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you have um like north node and in taurus like right at the top of your chart here so it's even like you're 
North Node is like sort of um, your like destiny point in a way. So it's like it is connected to your um, your career, but you have this like the opposite of career is like home and family at the bottom of the chart, which you have a stellium there. So I don't know if you um, consider yourself to either be a homebody or just very, very close ties with um, your family. Yeah, like we were just saying, like I I miss home all the time, but I know maybe I'm set in my ways and I'm stubborn and I want to go about life differently. So I'm not <laughs> wanting to move home anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It's like my my like, yeah, it's such a home for me. And um I have a question about that though, because I've always heard that that will be a constant conflict for me that that if I'm pursuing like more career, it will pull me away from family. And that like, I kind of have to choose one, I guess we don't ever choose black or white, but that it's kind of like, I pick one over the other and I should be, if it's according to the North Node, like allowing my career to kind of drive that. I don't know. I'm just, that was kind of what I'd heard about those two like opposing forces. Yeah, so I kind of look at it as like, I don't know if you believe in past lives, but I would bring like the past stuff into it. So North Node, it's like, okay, this is what your soul wants to sort of learn about in this life. And then the opposite. So your South Node in Scorpio would bring in energy of stuff you did in a past life. So you're basically, um, it's something that you're like an expert in, or you're very comfortable sort of being in. And it's like Hmm. taking that South Node and Scorpio in the fourth house. So like the ability to go very deep into things, um, the ability to like uncover things, almost like detective energy. Cause like you're not, nothing will really like shock you. Um, but then also the ability with like being close to your family and, and everything like that, taking that and somehow like using it to really sort of in the Taurus energy, like manifest the career you want and how you want to maybe go more, um, practical or simplifying things instead of getting maybe so caught up in that like deep diving of Scorpio Hmm. okay Hmm. yeah I've seen things where it's like you have to follow your north node only don't look at your south node but it is that like opposing energy where you have to have like I've as the more the more I read charts, the more I'm like every Taurus has a little bit of Scorpio in them, and every Scorpio has a little bit of Taurus in them. Like you have your opposite sign in you, mm-hmm. so um, for you to really go into your North Node in Taurus, you have to acknowledge the South Node in Scorpio to like mm-hmm. get there. And um, yeah, but right now you're having your it's called a nodal return. So if you see the little dude up here. he's gonna move and like hit yours so um is that like because we just moved into the the nodes is that like was that that or is this currently still happening for me yeah so just moved into like so collectively for everyone it moved in but it will hit yours so it's like it's called the nodal return so it's like the collective energy is like hitting your chart so um like a transit, like the outsider, just like the planets in the sky now compared to the planets in the middle, like the sky when you were born. So yeah. it's normally like, um, like nodal return. I haven't experienced a nodal return because it'll have, no, I have. It's every, it's a weird number, like 15, eight, seven, 15 to 17 years, it will happen. Um, 
And so it's almost like you'll see things that are happening and you'll either have to shift so that you're in line with it or you'll like celebrate um, like what you have accomplished so far. So for you, it's like all career focused up here. But because the South Node is in Scorpio currently as well, it also might just bring something up that's there because it'll like align with your North and South Node. And that will, do you know when that will actually happen or I'm in the process of this whole thing? I can stop share this. I can pull up the ephemeris and like just find degree 18. But we have this energy though until 2023, like mid 2023. Oh, wow. So essentially this whole year could be very much focused within the career space for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like words I keep hearing from people are like, um, simplify things, ground, embody, like back to basics things. Like Taurus rules, like, um, like things like money, things we place value on, but also like food and how we're nourishing our bodies. And just, I feel like Tauruses are very like practical um, people. Like I have a Taurus friend and it's always like, let's cook or like, or like, what are you, like, it's just very like, even like a nourishing energy, I find. Mm. So like collectively, everyone will like feel the need to do that. But then for you, it's like bringing that into that 10th house of career. Hmm. Okay. Degree 18 starts on July 20th and goes to August 6th but you'll probably feel it like about a month before and a month after because it like will sit on either side, but. Interesting, okay. It'll go over your sun too, which is 14 degrees, which is in October. So I had the North Node in Gemini last year go over my sun and I felt like I was having an identity crisis. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to change. So I don't know if that was just me or if that's like a, a thing when like the north node crosses your sun because your sun sign is like sort of your personality and like your essence so when something's crossing it it's kind of I don't know makes you reflect on like what you're doing so okay should be an interesting year (laughs) yeah okay do you have any other questions about your chart or anything um my gosh I always have um anything else that stood out to you um well immediately anything to watch out for like pardon I immediately just go to the shapes like that yod and then the but I mean right now well as we're recording this like it's the full moon in Leo so it's like crossing your ascendant so like right now your first and seventh house axis are like illuminated. So like you and then like your one-to-one connections and re- like partnerships, relationships in your life might be like a focus. Um, but like right now there's just a lot of Capricorn energy still in the sky. There's like four planets in Capricorn or no, now there's three and then there's three in Aquarius. So for you, that's like your house of health and well-being, and then your house of partnerships. But as that energy like moves, 
Oh, you know what's gonna, okay. I think it's in, it's near the end of the year. Mars will move into Gemini and it's gonna retrograde. So that'll be like your Mars return, but it will be in retrograde. So um, yeah, I'd say like in the fall, you'll either feel, you can Google Mars retrograde, but it will kind of, so Mars is like how you're gonna take action on something. So it's when it goes retrograde, you might feel like there's something you need to reflect on at the end of the year, as opposed to really pushing forward or instead of like trying out all the ideas, maybe just making mm -hmm. a list of what you want to try and waiting and reflecting on like what necessarily you want to move forward on, which might be like hard because you might, that curiosity might kick in and you just want to do it. Um, right. But yeah. And then 11th house, Gemini. So something to do with like community of, or like the groups you're involved with, or maybe something like that. Okay. Yeah, that will... I have it, like I have a board in front of me with like the transits and my goals, like my to-do list. And it says, yeah, Mars retrograde Gemini, October 30th to January 12th. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay. It'll be like, I don't know. I feel like Gemini energy, like opportunities, like more of a funness, but the retrograde will just be like reflect on maybe all the things and opportunities you see. Okay. Yeah. Any other questions or? No, that's it. I think the, the, that like bouncing analogy that you gave was, was the most helpful thing. Okay. Um, especially as like Leo acting like a release because I feel that right now. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have I have a T square as well. It's just it's immutable energy. So I go to my release point all the time. It's been the most like helpful thing and for me mm -hmm. and my chart. So yeah, it's really helpful to know. Okay, so now that we've done the astrology. Um, have you ever seen this? Is just a question. Have you ever seen like a different human design chart where it's like a wheel, and there it's like. It, yeah that's like with the mandala around it yeah yeah that's kind of all charts technically have that around them they're just like not comprehensive enough to show it but that mandala so to speak is the reason why certain gates in your chart are lit up um yeah but i think like some textbooks and things have have that why where did you see that I enrolled in some free course and or some oh, okay. master class and I was watching all these videos and then someone showed that chart instead of like what you normally see and I looked at it and I like immediately understood it because it looked like astrology like with the little planet icons right so I felt like I was able to read it easier than the other one for for like my own chart and I was like okay this is interesting and it made more sense the gates and the channels seeing it with like like my it's like, so for me, it's like the May 29th chart, but then there's like a chart in February for the human design date and it put, puts them together. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I feel like I understood it a little more, but mm. I don't know if that's just because I like visual learner, like could see it, but mm. um, yeah, I didn't know if there was like a difference with it or that's just like a different way to like. No, it. that would just be like the, you know, the, the traditional chart 
like okay. the very in-depth. Yeah. But the, the end result is the same, okay. but it's just a little bit more in-depth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was cool. I didn't, I just, I'm fascinated by all these kinds of things. So it's like, I was very into seeing that, but um, do you want to now just give like a basic overview of what human design is or like, and like the five types? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So human design, like the reason why it maybe isn't as well known as something like astrology is because it is like a baby in this whole world. It was only um, created, I think it's 1987. I hope I have that right. 1987 to 1989-ish. And it was actually invented by a Canadian guy. Um, And he kind of downloaded this whole system um, and he started teaching it. And it's based off of a number of different modalities, but the main ones are astrology, the chakra system, the I Ching, and Kabbalah. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of what you get is a map, so to speak. A lot of people will refer to it as a blueprint. And you're essentially, when you're looking at your human design chart, it's like an energetic blueprint of your body. Some of the energy centers that you'll see, which are the bigger squares and the bigger triangles, they can represent chakras, like actual chakras that we know um, and we speak about as like the solar plexus and the sacral, but they also represent organs. So you can get a little bit more in depth with like health and, and things like that. But then overall, it works like, you know, like a personality framework, like, you know, more like astrology or Myers-Briggs. They're going to tell you based off energies within your chart in those gates, what are tendencies that you have what are gifts what are talents what what things come easy to you where you might be challenged one thing that human design speaks a lot to are different fears that are kind of running within us and as with a lot of things in life you know with any usually gift we have there's a high expression and a low expression of it and that's that can often happen in our charts as well as we can use something in like a very positive expression of that energy or get caught in the lower, in the lower tendencies. Um, and you can also in your chart have areas that they would say are defined. So if you're colored in, if, if your chart has a color in certain aspects, whether it be a gate has a color within it or a center, that's definition. So that is energy in you that never changes depending on who you're around or what your environment is and where you're white you're like a sponge to your environment. And it, they're like, they're beautiful. Like I, I just read a book recently that called them like, and this is, you know, this word is weighted. So I'm not sure all your listeners will, will agree with this language, but you could say they're, you uni- they're the universe's portal. This book said it was God's portal because those are areas where you're like a blank slate and you get to experience the full spectrum there, but you're also going to be more sensitive. So if you have a lot of white in your chart, you typically could be a little bit more energetically sensitive in general. Um, But yeah, hopefully that gives a brief overview of like the human design system. And then, as you said, there's the different types. So there aren't nearly as many as there are in astrology. There's only five. So there are the generators, manifesting generators, which are a hybrid of two types. There's projectors, and that's what you are. There's a manifester, plain manifester, and then there are the reflectors. And the reflectors are the most rare. Yeah. 
Yes, I, I like to look up when I do readings what people's human design are just to see like who's coming to me because I realized yeah. last year it was mainly generators and manifesting generators like right. projectors I think have come to me to get their chart read but I feel like as a projector I'm, I'm like the guide so like I think it's yeah cool. it's the generators manifesting generators but I've had two manifestors come to me for reading manifestors. Like I'm, I can't be biased, but like they're my, they're actually my favorite type. Okay. And they are rare as well. They make up only about eight to 9% of the population. Um, but yeah. 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 I got so and excited. I, I was like, have oh. you ever had a reflector? No, not, not yet. Yeah. And then I have a list behind me of like all of my, my family members. I have like, okay, I got to see like the whole, like who would like, who is what. And my cousin is actually a manifester. And I got so excited. I'm like, okay, she's like the, the coolest one here with, with this. <laughs> and I feel like I have to tell her this and like read her chart and everything. Cause she'll be 30 next year. So the Saturn return thing. So I'm like, mm. she's going to get a reading from me one day, but, um, there's a lot of projectors in my family. I had absolutely no idea. It was, it was very interesting. Like my mom, and my dad are both two, four projectors. I had no clue. Wow. That's mm-hmm. so rare. Yeah. And they're both the, the emotional too. So they're not, oh they're not together, but like they're both. Yeah. Both yeah. So it was uh, so interesting. And then my dad's two sisters are both projectors as well. So like my grandma and grandpa are both manifesting generators and they had three projector kids. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. If I told them this, they look at me like I was, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting because normally you see kind of some, I don't know, like some similarities within families and to have such different types is is so interesting. But I guess if you're all projectors, yeah. My mom's a projector, but all my siblings, like my brother and my sister, I've looked up our charts and we were all manifesting generators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother's manifesting generator. So yeah, and my best friend is. And I feel like I gravitate toward manifesting generators. And I don't necessarily like there's been a few people that were generators that I like didn't really get along with. I don't know really? why. Or I did get along with them. And then there was like a like a push-pull energy. It was interesting. They say that like with kind of just befriending people and getting along with someone like that instantaneous feeling is sometimes when your charts are similar in terms of the gates that are lit up sometimes that can be like really complimentary and just kind of you get along or in terms of being similar to certain types like if I met another Taurus I'm a little bit more inclined to be like oh I kind of know their vibe and we're probably similar but if you met another projector it doesn't necessarily mean that you'd be anything like that person but in human design they say that you're going to be a little bit more similar to the person that had the same profile as you so the profiles are a little bit more kind of I see them as more like archetypes but in terms of like being similar to someone personality wise they would say that the profile might speak to that more than just saying like, Hey, I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a manifesting generator. Like you might have absolutely nothing in common. Yeah. Yeah. One thing. So, so I'm a three, five projector. So, but I was watching like a video and they were explaining manifesting generator. And I was like, I feel like maybe sometimes I act like a manifesting generator. And I don't know if that's the greatest for my energy, but does the three, five contribute to that? Because I like to try everything. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and that's actually a good point. I never thought of that really, but you're right. The three, and I can quickly go over all of those lines as well. Like if anyone's listening, because it kind of simplifies it. But your profile, where it's actually coming from, if you look at, if you were to look at your human design chart, and there's the personality column and the design column on either side, usually of the chart, um, the very very top two numbers they have a decimal point. So it might be, let's just say like yours is like 16 point something. If you take the two decimal points and put them together, that's where those two numbers come from. And they represent kind of lines and each line has, yeah, like um, an archetype or a theme behind it. And there's only six of them. And the first three often represent more of how we learn. And then the last three, four, five, six, are more about how we interact with the world around us or how the world sees us. And um, yeah, line one is called the investigator. They kind of need to get to the bottom of things and the more research for them, the better. Twos are the hermit. It doesn't necessarily mean like they're just left alone. Like they wanna be left alone because they have a quite a strong like sense of inner knowing and they don't really know why they know what they know or they can't explain themselves. They just have like this deep, sense of yeah like um a wisdom within almost like a little bit of an inner genius they might say some of them are more like gifted things come easy to them the threes on the other hand have to do like the trial and error so they experiment they have to kind of do the thing to learn the lesson um so especially it's like heightened before your saturn return so after the saturn return that can kind of lessen and lessen and lessen but up until that point it can kind of feel like yeah like throwing spaghetti at the wall like you just you try it, but the threes are very likable because people see that aspect in them. And it gives you this life cred that when you speak and you talk about your experiences, there's a certain level of trust there that can't be gained unless you have like lived to tell the tale. Um, the fours are all about using their network to get their opportunities. The quality of their relationships is so important to them. The fives are the most they say the fives, when they walk into a room, they give off this energy of like, I can save the day and people might project onto them that they can solve their problems. So boundaries are also like really, really important for fives and sixes are like very complex because they have three stages to their life, but they live actually the first half of their life as a three. So everything I said about a three applies to a six. Um, but the sixes really need to see themselves as a role model. And as they move through life, they kind of hit their stride later in life, really emerging as that role model, not only for themselves, but it's kind of they're here to reemerge as that wise being that that they're meant to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I have my chart up. So I'm seeing the three and the five and the decimal points. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's like right there. Yeah. But I, yeah, I did read about the, the fives, like people projecting onto me and I, I feel that like a lot or people think that I'm a certain way and then I'm like nothing like that. And then they're shocked and I'm like, mm. so, but yeah, I also try like everything. I haven't been through a Saturn return. So like I will in like four years. So I'm trying like everything that I possibly can right now. So mm. yeah, you've got to try it to know it. And yeah, there's no, the thing with, it's a very like cliche life statement, but it's so true if you have a three or a six in your profile. And that is to really have so much compassion for yourself that nothing that you've done 
was a waste of time or a regret or a failure because you wouldn't be, you know, we all can say this, but especially for you guys, you would not be in the position that you're in if you hadn't had those, those times. So just seeing everything as like, you know, it's getting into something for the experience itself and not the outcome. Um, that is always important to keep in mind. Yeah. I've started to, I mean, even on the podcast, like when I do my own like soul episodes, I find myself wanting to share my experiences just so mm. that like, that's actually a trait of the three, five. Okay. So three fives have this like full permission to kind of share in the moment. It's like, there's no need to really reflect and ensure that things are integrated within you and then speak out about it. It's like, yeah, three fives are just like in the moment, sharing, learning, doing, and it's people kind of want to know. Um, but yeah, they say like share in real time if you're a three five. Yeah. Right, yeah. Cause I like part of me was like, oh, I don't really want to share like yet or, but then I'm like, if it could help somebody, I'm like, why not just share from me trying mm. things and experiencing stuff. Um, but yeah, I've always felt, felt like the three really connects to the Gemini energy I have and that works kind of well. So, um, yeah, I, I, like I say, like I change my mind a lot, but it's more so like, I see all these things I want to try and I'm just going to try them all. But yeah, like right now I'm trying, like I have my own place. So I have, I'm trying this out to see if I like it and then, which I do, but then I also, in addition to my business, I now have a full-time job and I'm trying that out to see if I like it. Oh my God. I don't want to yeah. say anything on the podcast, but you can probably <laughs> tell by my face how I feel about that, but I'm definitely very entrepreneurial, but um, yeah, I, I'm looking at it just as an experience for now. It's not forever, but yeah. Yeah. It's like you had to try it to really know for yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just have my chart up with, um, do you yes. find, let me pull your chart up. Okay. Cause I looked at my mom's cause I showed, cause my mom, like she's nearing like her like retirement age. So I'm like reading her charts and everything just to be like, what are you like that sort of like the, what do you do after you work stage of life? Mm -hmm. But I noticed on hers, the top two triangles were like filled in. And I feel like mm. I haven't seen that a lot when I look at charts, like of my friends mm. and family. So do you find that, like, do you see patterns within charts or like, do you see that like a lot of people have like the defined like root chakra and then the open one at the top more so? Or No, it's like all like, there's no consistent thing where like, this is the most common, you know, like, unless the types have their, um, you know, there's, there's the most, most amount of people are generators. And then we've got manifesting generators and then projectors are 20% and so on. So you see that, but in terms of like the chart, there's, there's some things that are more rare that what you just mentioned, having the head and the Ajna both defined, that is pretty rare. Um, what that speaks to is someone that is so self-inspired. It's like when you have your head open, you very much need to get out into the world to get inspired to kind of get those creative juices flowing and when you have that all defined it's as if she almost can walk out and be a source of inspiration and these people almost emit inspiration outwards and they can 
yeah, they can kind of be endlessly entertained within their own minds. It'd be interesting to know if she has any of the channels connecting from her. Does she have a defined throat? Do, does anything from her Ajna, which is that second triangle, connect right to her throat? No, she isn't. It's, it's undefined, the throat one. Yeah. Uh, does she have any gates coming down from the Ajna? No. That's interesting. So a lot of her, I don't know if she's into like meditation or, you know, more like spirituality, but a lot of her mental processes and her aha moments and her big ideas, if she doesn't feel called to speak them out, they're more so just for her own kind of growth and journey and like her own personal development to kind of just sit there and allow the answers to drop in but it's kind of like a personal thing it doesn't have to be this big insight that she then like gets out to the world um, but that's someone that's just like so they have a lot going on in their mind and they have very strong opinions it might be hard for her to change her mind but especially she has that some sort of gate connecting her head to her ajna it usually means those people just have these things that drop in, like they get the bigger answers to questions. They, they love questioning things as well. And just to enjoy the process of like inquiry. Ah, okay. This is it. Did I say it right? I don't, I, I don't know the names of the two top tribes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing that is connected to her throat. So whenever you have a gate coming out of your throat, it can often speak to how when you communicate you're going to be most strong or it might come more more easily to you and 35 can often be about speaking about the experiences that she's had and if she feels there's value in it and people might get something out of it to really share mm -hmm. um yeah to watch out for self-doubt because that's a that's yeah. a big one in her chart mm -hmm. and knowing that she like has what it takes she has the depth of what is required to move forward but she might always doubt herself mm -hmm. yeah she's the one that got me into all of my woo woo stuff like she did reiki on me no way and okay okay yeah so i did my reiki one actually with her like she did a refresher and then i did it and then i did my reiki too but like i tell this story to like i think i told my chiropractor and like when i last was there it's like Cause I have, I sell crystals on my website and they're like, how'd you get into this? I'm like, well, when I was 10, you know, my mother was listening to like CDs with like sounds and meditating, doing Reiki on me and crystals would fall out of her bra. So, oh my God, that's so funny. And she's like, you need them there to protect you. So like I have crystals everywhere in my apartment. I have a crystal keychain, So it's always with me and I do what I'm doing, but mm. um, I'm trying to get her to like, like she's retiring from her like job and do become like a Reiki practitioner. Cause it's the thing she's called to the most. And she like, feels like she can't do it. And I hate to see that. And I'm yeah. like, no, you can do it. Like you have the ability to do it. And she's just, it's like, she doesn't, she does all these spiritual things, but what you're saying yeah. about wanting to share it. Like, I don't know if she does want to share yeah. it. And the five. So if you ever want to dive deep into just one gate of your chart, because it can pretty much set the tone for everything else. You want to look at the very top. So on the personality side, 
that column, you want to take the very first number and that represents your son of your personality. And your son is like what you're here to really embody. I guess it's almost like um, the rising. It's like how you want to show up in the world. Yours is all about the gifted. So it's about finding that one thing and diving like so deep into it that it becomes like your life's work. It's like something comes really easily to you and like, don't take that for granted, like run with it and see where it can take you. And it's interesting um, with your mom, it's the five. So the five speaks to someone that has a real affinity for and like gift for creating rhythm and ritual. And that can be within their own life or in others. So sometimes they're so good at helping someone find that, that routine, that groundedness or creating ritual for community, creating ritual for someone. Um, it usually comes so easily for them and they're really, really in tune with their own cycles, but also like the cycles of nature, the cycle, like the lunar cycle and honoring that. But yeah, a gift for creating ritual. And so that speaks to Reiki, that speaks to maybe even guiding other people on their path, however that shows up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's a social worker for the last 35 years. So she's just been helping people and it's easier mm. for her to help, I think, other people than herself. But wow, okay. Yeah, and fours, just because fours, like, you know, a lot of their opportunities come to them through people they know. So I guess she already has you in her life trying to like nudge her in that direction. But yeah, like just talking to her network, her friends, her family and being like, what do you think? Do you know of anyone that's looking for help or... And even like if she grows a client base, if you have a four in your profile and you want to market yourself, you'd never need to really worry about like, you know, these crazy marketing strategies is just let your network know and they'll carry on your message or you're most going to, you're going to be most supported by referrals. It's just like, yeah, these people never really have to worry about reaching really far out into the world it's like let your people know and or if you need something let them know and it will come through that existing network okay and then yeah. what do the arrows at the top mean I can never really understand yeah the arrows are so um complex and actually the reader training that I took gets like a bad rep because they oversimplify the arrows. If you go into other websites, um, some websites will show you more information, which has to deal with, they call it like determination. Um, and that has to do with the ideal environment, your digestion, um, sense and tone. I'm not sure. I, in your chart, I think there is like outer vision and things like that, like the digestion piece and the sensing piece. All of these things come from the arrows, but on a really, really basic level, one of the most helpful arrows to hone in on is, so if you go top left represents um, consistency and basically not necessarily routine, but if aspects of your day can be kept the same, it can be helpful. And 
Okay, I'll just go through the arrows and I'll explain what they mean when they go one way and what, and what means when they go the other. Okay. So the very top left arrow represents consistency. The bottom left arrow represents discipline. The top right arrow represents motivation. And the bottom right arrow represents strategy. And overall, if you have right facing arrows, it's masculine energy. And so these are people that can really get the strategy, like they can get those details and hone in on them and they can get those steps in place and they can create a lot of structure in their day. Um, and then you've got left facing arrows, which emphasize that you might be really better off with more flow, with more flexibility, with a bigger picture thinking. Um, you can kind of zoom out and see things from a different perspective. So there's always gonna be like little conflicting things where you might have an element in your chart that completely contradicts how you might interpret one of the arrows. But yeah, I often will look to that top left one to just see if someone does better with consistency or if they are just like, it's almost like a permission slip where society is telling us, get your morning routine down and do all this. And if you have an arrow going the other way, like you might be a-okay to like do meditation in the morning and then in the evening. And like, there's no, or at lunchtime, it's just like every day is just whenever you can fit it in, that's okay. Um, and yeah, if you find like, oh, you know, I can't get detail orientated, but these people might have an amazing like ability to see a bigger vision or kind of get us out of the details and, and allow us to see something in a big picture. So there's never like a good or a bad way to have certain elements, but overall that's what the arrows around the head can speak to. Okay. Yeah. Cause when I showed this to my mom, like hers were going the one way, mine are going the other way. And then I was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. So I just said it was like a joke, like we're different. And then she just laughs. Cause like she, I think like my, my mercury placement and my natal chart is so different than hers. I can be very, I don't know if this is in my human design chart, but I can be very like direct and to the point with what I'm saying and like just stating facts and I don't put the feelings into it necessarily. Yeah. And then she's just like, oh my gosh, like you gotta, it's like that um, it's mercury and Taurus. So I just go straight to like, what's actually happening and she's mercury and sagittarius so it's just let me see it overall that is a little bit of just projectors because they just can kind of see what's happening but yeah i guess no, no no i see where it's coming from in your chart um the 17 okay can be like someone with like very strong opinions and they just cut through all excuse my language, like bullshit. And they just, it's like, they, they don't want to hear like details that are unnecessary, but also when they speak, they don't, they have an ability to be so succinct. Yeah. Yeah. I say like efficient communication. I hate inefficient communication at right. so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, I, I can't be that person that tells somebody what they want to hear like if one of my friends wants to make a decision and I don't agree with it I'm just like I just say it and I'm like nope that's not and then I don't know it's just a it's a directness but I can't yeah. like I can't lie I have to be honest that's good <laughs> yeah. yeah 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else in the chart. Um, I guess just quickly speaking on like, I guess with like compatibility, like how it works with like the undefined and the defined centers, or if it has to do more with the type or the the numbers, the profile. Yeah, it's it's so hard to say without. But everyone can be compat compatible, I guess. I never really summarize the types. I'm gonna really, really like just in case everyone's like, I'll I'll like do it so quickly. But generators, yeah, they're like life force energy. As they get like excited about things, they can have the ability to generate energy. Manifesting generators, they're they're kind of takeaway known statement is that they're a jack of all trades. They just they they can have multiple different passions, and that's okay for them to follow them all. Um, and the moment something no longer excites them, like move on to the next. So they might have like things that appear left unfinished, undone, and that's actually okay. Projectors, they have, yeah, the way of seeing something and a way of like spotting what needs to be corrected, how something can be made more efficient. And so they're very good leaders, guides, and they kind of can show us how to do something better, but they're not necessarily like those generator types that are meant to really hustle and do the work manifestors are here to kind of create what was never been created so they they're visionaries they're supposed to just go and just tell people what they're doing and it's like they march to the beat of their own drum and they've got to really believe in what they want because not necessarily everyone will so they might be sensitive to that rejection but just knowing that when they have a vision and when they go for it the right people will find them um, and then reflectors are like I know a reflector and the more I know, like my best friend's a reflector and the more that I've spent time with her, I don't see reflectors the way that they're often described as these like sensitive little unicorns. They're chameleons. They can be some of the most powerful energetic people that you've ever been around. And then they just need time alone. But they, if you know a reflector in your life, consider yourself very, very lucky because they reflect your truth back to you if you ever need to have like a really good life chat about like where you're at like they can be such portals of wisdom and insight and they're the most some of the most intuitive people um, in terms of compatibility any type can get along with each other but there are certain centers which I do say are more compatible or can help and that's the, the main ones would be a root center. So when you have a defined root center, which is the bottom square in someone's chart, and you come across someone with an open one, when you're together, that open person feels a bit more grounded and stable in your presence. So if you have, if you're someone with an undefined, you might want to seek out a partner that really gives you that grounding and that st stability. Um, and, and can provide that and within a defined root center. If you have a spleen, which is undefined, so it's open or it's white in your chart, you will feel automatically safer and more secure around someone that has it defined. And watch out for that one in relationships because that can lead to um, holding on to things or people, friendships, partners, because they give you a false sense of security and you can kind of hold on for it, hold on to it past the point that it's healthy for you. Um, 
And then another one to watch out for is the identity center, because when you don't have it filled in, it doesn't necessarily mean like you don't know who you are, but it just means allowing yourself to be that little bit more reflector like person of chameleon like very adaptable. And when you have it defined, you're very strong in who you are, and you might be more set in your ways. And so sometimes in a relationship, an undefined or open identity center can lose themselves in a relationship if they're with someone that's really strong. So ensuring like you keep your own hobbies, you keep your own interests, you keep your own friend group um, and trying to remain as like independent in that way. Um, so you don't, yeah, kind of lose yourself in that. So yeah, I'm not sure if that helps. Okay. No, yeah. I just, yeah, there, it's like, um, cause I've just looked at it, like, like comparing it to my friends just to see like, and then I have some that are filled in and they don't, and I'm like, okay, that might like that. I just look at it like a balance of things, yeah. but. And um, it gets so confusing when you think about certain gates, when you get together, they might match up and then create a channel. And then it's like two new, two new parts are lit up and yeah, it's, I didn't go that far, but that probably I know that's when it gets like, so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for being on here and answering all those questions. I could probably ask you more, but like we're at like the hour. So yes, no, I know we've already gone over, but no, thank you so much for asking me to come on. Yeah, that's fun. I'm glad. Thank you for also going through my chart. I wasn't expecting that. So it was helpful. It's fun. So um, do you want to share, I'll link all of your stuff in the show notes, but do you want to sort of share how people can reach out or work with you, what you offer? Yes. So my website is probably the best place to start just for like information. Um, but yeah, I do individual readings, which are an hour and we record them, but you can get a reading or I can do a partnership reading as well. I don't have it as an offering and I'm not sure if this applies to any of your audience, but I often get um, moms that want me to help do readings for their kids. So that's also an option. Um, and then just other areas to follow are mostly just like Instagram. That's usually where I am. Although I'm taking a mini break at the moment from my personal account and trying to grow, um, an account just for human design information. So they'll probably stumble across too. So, um, yeah, but my website is the easiest place to go. Okay. Awesome. I'll link all of that. And then I had a reading done with you. So to everyone listening, I recommend getting one done. It's very, oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or by leaving a rating or review. It would also mean the world to me if you subscribe to this podcast, if you enjoy today's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast and continue to discover the Don't Tell Me What To Do vibration, there are three different ways. You can keep listening to these podcast episodes that I put out weekly. You can also purchase the subscription version of the podcast, which is new, for exclusive episodes. Or you can purchase my book, which has the exact same name as this podcast. So with so much love and gratitude, see you very, very soon in the next episode.